0: Well, it is one of my favorite topics. We're once again talking wine with Mike Ward. Ward on wine. We took a little break. We were talking bourbon. We talked a little whiskey. We talked scotch last week. But we are back to my favorite wine, and we are uh, talking about wines from Copper Cane wines made by Joe Wagner. These are some of my favorites, and I had no idea they came from Joe Wagner.
1: Yeah, and I love to get back to wine and some of my favorites, too. Oh. I love these wines. That Quilt Cabernet from Napa Valley is just such a fantastic wine.
0: Well, and what I love, all of these are pretty um, prevalent at oh, yeah. Deerberg's and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob's Barn. But the one that always sticks out to me and is probably the top of my list when it comes to Pinot's is the Belle Gloss. And it's you know it. Everybody knows it because it has yeah. that... Red, waxy, like drip. It's not easy to open.
1: Well, there is a nice little tab.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The first bottle might be a little easier than the second bottle.
0: Okay, good point, good point.
1: I've been in that situation
0: before. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the winemaker, Joe Wagner, a fifth-generation Napa Valley winemaker. I mean, he's legendary. He is,
1: and people might know his father, Chuck, and and Camus Winery in Napa Valley, and so Chuck and his family have been making wine in Napa since... The nineteen sixties and seventies, when Napa wasn't like it is today, and then Chuck's children. This is what I love. I love talking about these wines because they're all like family connected. Yeah. So a family maker makes all their wines. So Chuck makes Camus wines, and then Joe is the son who created the Naomi brand, Pinot Noir from the Central Coast, and uh, and then that's been sold to a different company. So, and then Joe's brother makes Chardonnay and his sister makes wine as well. So everybody is
0: making wine.
1: Joe has these stories about being a little kid and they're out playing in the yard. Well, the yard just happened to be, you know, some of the best Cabernet Sauvignon (sighs) grapes in uh, in Napa Valley. So he has been around wine and vines and grapes for his entire life and is a great winemaker as well. So when you grow up like that and you're... You in that environment, you really know what you're doing. Yeah, when you make these wines. It's
0: almost uh, in your blood.
1: Yeah, as oh, yeah. far as
0: that goes. Well, let's start with the uh, quilt Cabernet. How do you describe it? What are the notes? Well,
1: first of all, quilt it kind of describes how the vineyards look if you're driving through Napa Valley, you're flying over Napa Valley, you see this pattern that looks like a quilt because the vineyards are very distinct. And that's where the name comes from. That's where the name comes from. It's like, uh, you know, you don't think about, oh, well... Is it come from one single vineyard or does it come from this area or that area? It's sourced from multiple locations. But Joe, like his dad, has grown up to know that Napa is a great place to grow grapes, Cabernet Sauvignon particularly well there. And while, you know, Napa calves are kind of big and bold and Mm -hmm. have a lot of flavor to them, what I like about this one is it's a little softer, a little more approachable. You don't have to age it for 10, 15 years. You don't need to do that at all. In fact, it comes with a screw cap, which I love. Yeah. So you can open it up. It does need some air, it needs to breathe and get, you know, 30 minutes or so, an hour or a couple hours if you can, of, of decanting. And then you're going to have this great wine with lots of fruit fl- forward flavors and spice to it that's going to pair with those steaks and everything you just came from the meat counter. At Deerberg's, yeah, and then you go in the into Bob's barn and get the quilt. You're gonna have a great dinner over the weekend.
0: Okay, let's talk about my favorite Pinot Noir, the Belle Gloss. That has the that is wax, right? It
1: is, yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you know
0: why they do the wax? Well,
1: I, with this wine, because it's named after his grandmother, okay. Lorna Belle Gloss, and this is more like a single vineyard wine. They have this one that I brought today is Dairyman, which is a vineyard in the Russian River in Sonoma. But the rest of the wines come from very specific places in the Central Coast. And so, you know, this one they're trying to tell you it's a little bit more of an elegant Pinot Noir. It's it's a little more flavor to it. It's not a light Pinot Noir. But I think they want to show you with the wax top that this is uh, more of a handcrafted wine.
0: Got you. And then one, Yes. That's more of a, I was going to say, one that you could drink every evening for dinner. Well,
1: no? Yeah. And the grapes are grown many miles north of Napa in Oregon. So this is an Oregon Pinot Noir. And I think that's what's so distinct when we look at these two Pinot Noir side by side. Bel Gloss from the Russian River, which is part of Sonoma. Kind of big, bold wine with a lot of spice to it. Oregon, a little bit of a cooler climate, is gonna be more
0: like a French
1: Pinot Noir, maybe.
0: Well and Oregon is kinda of known for Pinot Noirs, no? It
1: is. Oh yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Do they
2: Do they ship the grapes, the Pinot Noir grapes from Oregon into Napa and make the wine? On site, or
1: that is such a great question. And they used to when they originally started, and now Joe's got a facility in Oregon Oregon. because you're best off, especially with Pinot Noir, that is a a tough grape to grow and kind of a finicky grape. You you know, you need to treat it right, it's got to be made there. Well, and if it
0: traveled, could you bruise it? And could you?
1: There's ways that you can transport grapes and wine, but. You got to be careful.
0: Somebody from the three one four. Why did I give up wine for Lent? I uh, don't know. Mm, that is not. Mm, wasn't mm. even a thought for me. Sundays are but, a
1: free day. I think. That's Can't right, you go back right. on Sundays. And yeah.
2: There are only thirty days and nights left. You know um, what? We'll keep some for you. Go with it. We'll. There'll be yeah. wine yeah, right. there for There'll you be when you're left done. The Deerbergs. Right. When you're finished. Yeah. Um, when it comes to California wines, is Cabernet Sauvignon is that the the king? the king of California wines, and uh, if so, when you look at Pinot Noirs, do they take a backseat when we talk wines?
1: Not necessarily. Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Cabernet, top growing grape varieties in California. And why is that? Because it tastes great. They make a lot of money with those grapes because everybody likes them. Those are easy grapes to grow. If you're planting a, a vineyard, but yet it's dependent on location. You can't pl- plant and grow Cabernet in the same place that you grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So you have to look for those locations that have the climate appropriate for those grapes. I'm just talking about all the rain mm-hmm. recently in California. That's going to have an effect on this year's uh, um, harvest. And the grapes from this year, it might have a good effect. So we'll see. It's a little early right now. Things aren't starting out in the vineyard, but you do look at it. some rain is good, but rain can also be too much.
0: Oh, I don't know that we've ever talked about this before. When we see the the year, the vintage, is it like 2021 quilt right here? Is that the year the grapes were grown is that the year the grapes were bottled? Is that, what does the year actually stand for? The,
1: in the Northern Hemisphere, oh, it's boy. the year the grapes are grown <laughs> and harvested. Okay. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it's it's a little bit different because the grapes will start growing and, you know, it's the opposite. So the year is going to change. So they are right now uh, harvesting their 2024s and those are going to come out pretty soon or in the summer or so. So yes, the answer to your question is, you know, around March, April, bud break, we start to see the the, the vines wake up and then we'll pick those grapes in September, October. That's the vintage year on
2: on the The date of the picking
0: of the grapes. Yeah.
2: What can you use vintage year for? What does it tell you? Does it tell you like, oh, I really liked this quilt from 2022 I should go out and try to find more 2022s, or am I going to like the quilt from 21, 20, 24, just as much?
1: It has far less meaning now than it did 50 to 60, 70 years ago. Why sure. is
0: that? Because of science?
1: Well, yes, technology in winemaking, science of winemaking is different, climate is different, uh, we, you know, when we think about vintages that were important back in the old days when we talked about Bordeaux and Bordeaux, it's still important because the vintages are so different every year. You can have some rainy years, not so great; dry years, things are much better. But when we talk about California wines, really don't worry about it too much. Yes, pay attention to it, uh, but every year's pretty much good. There's good, there's better. You know, and, and like we talked about a few weeks ago, 2023 is going to be a great year. We won't know for a couple of years.
0: But why do we think it will be?
1: Because from start to finish for the whole growing season, everything was perfect and lined up. You didn't have any weird rain at a, at a weird time, frost or, uh, you know, rain at harvest. That's so always it's a,
0: only if the winemaker, the human messes something up. This should be the best wine ever. That's right.
1: Yeah. Human intervention can uh, mess up a wine, not too much nowadays, you know, but, uh, you know, like small wineries, sure, mistakes can be made. Uh, But if you leave the grapes alone and you let them do it on their own, they're probably going to make you a really good wine. And that's minimal intervention is what you want.
0: How uh, much does the color mean? Because I will say there are times where like I pour my cab, and then I pour someone else a Pinot, and it just seems so much lighter. By the color, what does that tell us? Well,
1: the skin of the grape is where the color is. Pinot Noir is a light skin grape, lighter tannins, and so it's not going to have the color pigmentation that you would find in a Cabernet. Cabernet Cabernet and and, uh, Merlot and even Norton, we talk about here in Missouri, Mm -hmm. big kind of thick skins, a lot of color. And to that's
0: it. what the, the color of the wine is. Yes.
1: But I don't think people should equate that to, I'm going to like it better than others. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, Pinot Noir tastes lighter, but it goes so great with salmon and lighter foods. We're not always having steak every night. Maybe some people do, but yeah. you know, that's that steak and Cabernet go so well together. Well, if you choose to have something light, a light seafood, on a Friday uh-huh. and you are drinking wine, that Cabernet is not going to go with that. Well, you know, I'm nice. glad that
0: you mentioned Limp because deerbergs you know, n- you don't want to always go out to dinner. Maybe you just want to stay at home and pop that bottle of wine and curl up on the couch and watch a good uh, series. But you can swing by Deerberg's, and they have everything you could possibly imagine for Lent. I mean, fish fry Fridays during Lent from Deerberg's Kitchen. Why not? Because if you want something fried, well, you've got fried catfish, fried cod. You could do smoked salmon, shrimp. I mean, some of those, and there's so many varieties of shrimp, and you can get them already peeled with the tails off. You can get small ones. You can get jumbo shrimp. got everything. And uh, Deerberg's Rewards members uh, officially, see what I did there? Fish. Oh,
2: officially. Uh,
0: earn reward points on all of the great Linton items. And the other thing that I know not everybody knows, because I didn't until just a couple of months ago, that deerbergs will bake or steam your seafood free while you shop. So you just pick out your favorite fish, choose from over a dozen seasonings, and dinner is done before you even get home. Just don't forget to go to Bob's Barn and pick up the Napa Valley Quilt or the Burgloss, Yeah. Or the Chardonnay. That would be perfect
1: with that seafood that they're cooking for you.
0: But always uh, a great stop there at Deerberg's. We're talking wines, particularly uh, the Napa Valley Quilt, Cabernet, the Belle Gloss, Pinot Noir, the L01. Pinot from Oregon, but Liz has a question for us. If you have a Malbec, a Cab, a Merlot, and a Pinot Noir, and someone said, which is the sweetest, knowing none of them really are, how would you direct their best selection yes. for their palate?
1: So when we talk about sweetness in those particular wines, are not sweet. They, they can be fruity, and that kind of equates sometimes people to sweetness. Mm-hmm. And
0: think, Would you also think lighter when somebody lighter. says sweeter?
1: Yeah, so... Pinot Noir is going to be your lightest of those, mm-hmm. and it can be really fruity. Like when you're tasting it, you go, oh, it tastes like cherries and raspberries. None of those fruits are, made, are added to the right. wine, of course. But when you're eating those fruits, there's sugar there, so you kind of think your mind gets messed up to think it's sweet. It's really a dry wine, no sugar, but light, yes. Light and fruity, Pinot Noir. Malbec is kind of lighter as well but a little bit more tannin, Mm -hmm. but spicier, has some spice to it. And then Cabernet is going to be the big, bold, kind of almost bitter, tannic one that needs air. And then Merlot is also in the middle there somewhere. And grapes like Zinfandel and Syrah are also middle-of-the-road grapes, but spicy.
0: So Pinot's kind of on the bottom, Cab's kind of on the top, and the rest are somewhere in between.
1: Yeah. Think of, like, I always tell people, think of, like, milk, skim milk, 2% whole milk. (laughs) And, and that's light. Medium and full bodied, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what wine is too. Pinot mm-hmm. Merlot Cab It's just lined up the same way.
0: We learn something every single time you are here, Mike Ward. We enjoy it every single time. Remind people how they can get a hold of you. If they're like I am and I'm in the grocery store and I see something, I'm like, I don't know what this means because they can email you.
1: Yeah, in a, in a few weeks, we're going to start thinking about those Easter pairings. So Ooh. email me at mike at wardonwine.com. And I can kind of help you navigate Bob's Barn. And these wines, some of these wines would be perfect for Easter. Yeah. But if you're having ham, we'll get to that because we're going to talk about it in a few weeks. But I'll help you out.
2: The 10 countries that drink the most wine by volume. Mike they should Ward. all
1: drink more. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mike Ward. What's the number one country as far as wine consumption is concerned? Italy. No. This says that the United States is. Number one, three hundred and twenty-nine uh, millions of cases of wine. Yeah, in the, 2022. In the
1: old days, it was Italy and France and Spain. France, and, and Italy. Production is high there, right? But we—that's right. And and uh, we should drink more. We're not drinking enough. Ah! But
2: <laughs> I'm in that business safely, of course.
0: Uh huh. We and, need to work on and that. And Portugal,
2: bit. which is a relatively small country, is number ten on the list.
1: And they do a good job of drinking their own wine. Yeah. And making a lot of their own wine and relying on their indigenous grape varieties.
0: Do we kind of spread the love as Americans? Do we drink wines from everywhere or do we stick with California and Oregon?
1: More than any other country, we drink everybody else's wine, including our own. And when you look at Europe, they drink not only their own country's wine mostly, but their own region, like their own oh, backyard. Where they are. So if you are. So if you grow up in Bordeaux, that's what you're drinking and you're probably not drinking, except for champagne, anybody else's wines.
0: All right. Mike Ward, thank you so much. Cheers to you, my friends. Cheers.